0: Okay, thanks for that, Grant, and uh, that will, you'll see in a moment how that ties in. And uh, yeah, I want to say thank you to the worship team as well. It's a great time of sung worship this morning, which really uh, uh, was having an impact in, in my heart. I'm sure it was in your heart as well. And isn't it uh, amazing how um, worship does touch our hearts? our hearts, our sung worship. I know that you know that worship is more than just the songs that we sing. It's our whole lives, whatever we do. So whether we, uh, in our jobs, if we work hard unto the Lord, whatever you're doing, whether it be heart surgery or cleaning the bathroom, can be transformed from just a physical act into an act of worship. If we do it to him, as Colossians 3 tells us, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. However, there is something powerful, isn't there, about sung worship. And actually, there's something the way God's made us about songs themselves that touch our hearts and our minds. Now, as in the Barber. I was in the Barber uh, this week, but I was all, it was not from this week. It was the last time I was there a month ago. They have the, the radio on, as they, as they do in the background. And this song came on over the radio. And the introduction came to the song. And, do you know, I don't think this song was from the 80s, so it sort of dates me a little bit here. And I don't think I've heard that song in over 30 years. And yet I knew what the lyrics were going to be that is the power of uh, of sung just sung songs let alone worship itself so what I do what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd start with a little game with you guys of name that song. Sorry if you're watching online, we can't play it to you over the internet for legal reasons, we don't want to get sued, but, uh, but you in the room can have the joy. You're going to be played an introduction to a song over the last 60 years and uh, you need to see if you can name that song. Thank you. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, everyone. Well done. Well done. You see, you've travelled 60 years there in just the space of a few seconds. And uh, many of you may even remember the first time you heard that song or, or, or those songs. And uh, definitely, they would, some of them would have had an impact on you as well. And, you know, that's partly why the Bible encourages us to sing, sung worship to God. And that's partly why you see in history, whenever God has moved at the beginning, uh, in uh, the early church or in every major event since, actually songs have been composed and songs about, uh, sung about what God is doing and what he has done. Because these songs, they not just tell us what he's doing, but they impact our hearts as well, and they cause us to remember what he is doing. So that's, that's, if you've got your Bibles with you, let's turn to the songbook of the Bible, which is Psalms. We're going to be looking at Psalm 90, 96 together, and I'm going to ask Anna to come up here and help me read this psalm. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So Psalm 96 starts with, "O oh, sing to the Lord a new song.
1: Sing to the Lord, all the earth.
0: Sing to the Lord, bless his name.
1: Tell of his salvation from day to day.
0: Declare his glory among the nations.
1: His marvellous works among all the peoples.
0: For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised.
1: He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples
0: are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendour and majesty are before him.
1: Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary.
0: Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples.
1: Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength.
0: Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name.
1: Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship
0: the Lord in the splendour of holiness.
1: Tremble before him all the earth.
0: Say among the nations, the Lord reigns.
1: Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity.
0: Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice.
1: Let the sea roar and all that fills it.
0: Let the field exult and everything in it.
1: Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy.
0: Before the Lord, for he comes.
1: For he comes to judge the earth.
0: He will judge the world in righteousness.
1: And the peoples in his faithfulness.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. You know, this psalm, Psalm 96, is within the shortest of the five books of the Bible, of, a, of the psalm, sorry. Uh, that's book four, Psalm 90 to Psalm 106. And it has the feel, we're told, of an integrated songbook, an Exodus songbook, if you like, so because of how Moses and the Exodus theme is in there quite a lot. And Psalm 93 to 99 are grouped together, and we're told by theologian Beth Tanner that although each psalm in this group is unique, they all share a set of metaphors associated with God's kingship. God is king. God is supreme over all other gods. God is the creator of all peoples. The earth is created and maintained by God. God protects the righteous and the lowly. God will judge the earth. All the gods of the peoples of the earth are to give God praise. All creation, land, seas and heavens are to give God praise. And of course you can see all those points so clearly in Psalm 96. It's such a wonderful psalm. And whilst there's so many things that we could Bring out of this psalm together and and, uh, uh, to try and mine the depths of this psalm would take a long time. There are two things that I want to bring to you this morning um, and that sum up, I think, the whole psalm. And it's just by joining the first line of verse 3 to the second line of verse 13 that says, Declare his glory among the nations, for he comes to judge the earth. Declare his glory among the nations, for he comes to judge the earth. Hallelujah. So, firstly, declare his glory among the nations, as Grant was encouraging us to in his word. You know, the psalm calls the whole earth to sing a new song to the Lord. The heavens, the earth, the sea, the fields, the trees are to call to join in this. You get the feel. Like you see in the book of Romans, Romans 8, that makes clear that all of creation itself is longing to bring, uh, for God to restore all things back to how they should be so that he can be glorified across the whole earth. As we can see from this psalm in verses 1 and 2, verses 11 and 12. We're told in verses 3, 7 and 10 to declare his glory among the nations. His wondrous works among the peoples. All the families of the people are to ascribe praise to God. And why are they called to do that? Why should we do that? Well, verse 4, 6, 8, and 10 make that clear to us because the Lord reigns. He is above all other gods because they're not really gods in the first place. He is the one who made and will sustain the heavens and the earth. He's majestic. He's beautiful. He's clothed in splendor and strength. He is worthy of our praise. Humanity is made to know God and to worship Him and enjoy Him forever, glorifying Him through how we go about living our lives, called to govern this world in a way that brings glory to its creator in the splendor of holiness, But of course, you only have to look at the news today to see around the world that this is not happening. You only have to look at the lives of the people around you to realise that to be true. And of course, if you take an honest look within your own heart as well, you can see that we're a long way off what this psalm is encouraging us to, to be. And to do. It'd be very easy to think, well if a Lord reigns, he's either not very nice because of how the world is, he doesn't seem to be bothered by it, or he's not very powerful because he can't actually sort things out, or if he is, uh, 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 or maybe it's because he's not really there at all, like some child's imaginary friend, which is fine for them to have when you know they're scared of the dark and it keeps them quiet because you know imaginary jimmy is there uh, with them but not so good when they come down the stairs and say oh yeah, don't worry about your your other baby who's learning to crawl because jimmy's got is taking care of them you think ah maybe not there and that's some people's view of god and it would actually be a valid point if the psalm didn't move on to that second point of he will judge the peoples with equity, with true justice, in other words. That is why creation, if you look at the verses carefully, is glad. That is why it rejoices. That is why it roars and exults and sings for joy. For God will come to judge the world with righteousness and with faithfulness, verses 10 and 13. You see, God isn't unable to deal with the state of the world. He is coming to judge the world and to put everything right and to restore all things as they should be. And that's what the psalmist and creation itself is celebrating and wants to celebrate. And for us, as we think of all those horrible cases where we just have to look on our news at the moment, don't we, to see people in power getting away with terrible things, or through the lack of evidence, or a small technicality, other people getting away with things, well, they won't before God. Those complex cases that you see in the news, you think, oh my goodness, this is, this is so confusing, where the uh, abused becomes the abuser, or nurture of people in a certain way has, has led them to do things. Or, Or or where people have certain mental health illnesses, and you think, well, well, what, what, And, and they're claiming that. And what is what is the illness, and what were they in control of as well? All those cases, God knows fully. God can see right down to the level of the human heart, to the motives, to the thoughts. He knows. He knows what was done deliberately and what wasn't, and He will judge with total righteousness and totally fairly as well. The Bible says, He has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man he has appointed, Acts 17. 2 Timothy tells us who the man is, Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. Everyone's deeds, everyone's words, everyone's thoughts will be exposed. Right the way down to the motives of the heart. The Bible's clear. Ecclesiastes 12 says, For God will bring every deed to judgment, including every hidden thing. Matthew 12 tells us, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Romans 12, sorry, Romans 2, not 12, says God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. And just in case there's any doubt, 1 Corinthians 5, 4 says, Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. My friends, that's the glorious truth that Scripture comforts creation with, that Jesus will return and he will judge everyone with absolute integrity and justice, right the way down to the motives of people's hearts. I tell you, there's no need to worry about people getting away with things. They won't before The Almighty God, the one who is perfect in knowledge, as the Bible says. Everyone will be judged by God. Every sin, whether in thought, word, or deed. However, whatever comfort that may bring people, and certainly if you have suffered, that does, at the hands of others, that does bring people comfort. However, depending on how self-righteous you are, is uh, depends on how quickly you go to the next thought of, oh, what about me? How am I going to fare in that? You know, many times when I was younger, I was, I'm the youngest of uh, uh, three siblings, and uh, as being the youngest, you know what youngest children are? They're annoying, aren't they? And they like to annoy. And uh, I used to like getting my older brother into trouble. However. Often, because they're not the the brightest of of people, well, uh, you're just so excited about getting your brother into trouble, is is the truth. You forget that by implication, often you would get yourself into trouble because you were also doing the thing or that your part in the process would suddenly be exposed as he. Suddenly says, well, he did it too, or something like that. And uh, the same is true with us before God. You see, compared to others, we may be okay, but what does the Bible tell us about humanity? Says this in Romans three, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God, all have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Oh dear. So the very reason that this psalm brings comfort actually is also a, a source of great distress. In fact, my own quiet time this morning in, uh, in, the, in the book of uh, Amos, or is it... Uh, I think it was in the book of Amos. Um, I was listening to a couple of, uh, uh, of the books. It says about the, the day of the Lord. Don't look forward to it. It's going to be a day of darkness. It's going to be a day of judgment. That's what it was, it was warning there. And certainly, each one of us, by our own efforts, cannot appease God, cannot be made right with God. Yet, what man could not do for man. What man could not do for God, sorry, God did for man by becoming the man, Christ Jesus, who was the only one to live that perfect life, fully pleasing God the Father in all he did and all he said and all he thought as well. And then he willingly died on the cross to take on himself God's judgment against the things that we have done, the things that we have said, the things that we have thought that are wrong. So that all who look to Jesus, all who surrender their lives afresh to him and put their faith in him will not only receive God's forgiveness, they also will receive his Holy Spirit who comes and lives in them. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead comes and lives in you and helps you to start living to please God. He also is a guarantee of the eternal age to come, that we will have a place with God. He's getting us ready to live on that renewed and restored and perfected world that God will bring about when he comes to judge the earth. As Romans 5 beautifully puts for us, verses 6 to 11 says, For while we were still helpless. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been justified by his blood. We will be saved through him from wrath. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Hallelujah. My friends, that's the glorious gospel that we hold on to. That is the reason, in fact, why Christ hasn't returned yet and why the mess around us is allowed to continue so that more people can hear that gospel and can respond to it and be saved so that when God comes to judge the earth, they won't meet him as a terrifying judge, but they will meet him as their Lord and Savior. And if you're here today or you're watching online, And you haven't given your life to Jesus and you're thinking, actually, I want to get right with God. I want to meet him as my saviour, not as my judge. Then just pray this prayer along with me in your heart now. Just say something like this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me enough to send Jesus to earth to live amongst us. Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to be willing to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all the things that I have done, said, and thought that offend you and hurt one another. And through the power of your Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, help me to live the rest of my life for you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, Please come and see me afterwards. I'd love to speak to you. If you're watching online, please contact the office. We'd love to help you in your walk with God. There's this little booklet as well that you can pick up on the way out that will just help you understand more about what God has done in you. But verses 2, 3, and 10 in this psalm make it clear that we are to be sharing God's salvation with people day to day. Each day, we're to share it. Spurgeon says on verse 2, The gospel is the clearest revelation of the Lord. Salvation outshines creation and providence. Each day brings us deeper a deeper experience of our saving God. Each day shows us anew how deeply we need his salvation. Each day reveals the power of the gospel. Each day, the Spirit strives With the sons of men. It's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful stuff. Therefore, we must never pause to tell out the glorious message of free grace. Have you paused? Have you stopped declaring the glorious gospel to those around you? It's one of the reasons why... Pretty much every week we include a little bit of the gospel in, in our preach, not only so that people who are here or don't know Jesus can respond, but so it's there in your thinking, so it's there in your, in your mind, so that you know what to say to people, you know the message of salvation. When you're in that situation and you're, you're struggling for words, you, you think, ah, actually, no, I know this. I can share this with my friend and with my family as well. Augustine says... On this, when the whole earth sings a new song, it is the house of God. It is being built now, but it is dedicated at the end of the world. Let the living stones then come flocking together to the new song, come flocking together and be fitted together into the fabric of God's temple. Let them recognize their Saviour and receive Him. It's only through the gospel that we're saved. As Ken pointed out a couple of months back, and it stuck with me as he read from, uh, I think it was Operation Mobilisation, and it said about the church in the UK. The UK church has lost confidence in the gospel of God. That's its summary of the UK church. Let that not be true of us here at Christchurch. It's only... Through the power of the gospel that there is salvation. and we're called to declare it day by day. It's only through the gospel that people are saved, because all the other ideologies, all the other gods, as verse five in our passage picks up, they're, they're nothing. They can't save people. It's only through believing in Jesus that we get to bring an acceptable offering to God, that we can actually enter into the courts of a holy God, as verse 8 makes clear in our psalm. It's through surrendering to Jesus as Lord now that we tremble before him as our saviour rather than leaving it to when he comes as to judge the earth. And then the only way we'll tremble before him is as our awesome and terrifying judge as we tremble under his judgment. People either tremble before him now as saviour or then as judge. Christchurch, we have a job to do, my friends. We have a job to do to declare his glory among the nations, for he comes to judge the earth. And My challenge to you is who are you going to declare his glory to this week? Not next week, this coming week. Who are you going to de- declare his glory to? Now we have Alpha starting this Thursday. Who are you going to invite to Alpha this Thursday? We need to declare day by day his salvation. Who are you going to de- declare it to this week? Be, just be thinking on that as Grant was challenging us as well to be that light. This is my response Uh, if you like that i want you to be thinking about you i want the response to be okay lord i'm gonna invite so and so to alpha i'm gonna share the gospel with so and so this week can i invite you to stand in fact and invite the worship team back up here as well just be thinking before god just take a moment to think before god who is the Spirit of God impressing on you to, to share the gospel with this week? Who is He impressing on you to, to invite to Alpha this week? Lord, thank you that you're a good God. Thank you that you have saved us. Thank you that you want to use us in your mighty purposes here on earth. Lord, we get a part to play. Thank you that you have given us the job of declaring your glory among the nations, Lord God, before the end comes and you return to judge the earth. And I pray for each one of us that you will help us to do that. I just pray even now that you just drop names of people that you are working on right now Lord God, into people's hearts. Drop, their, drop those names of their friends, of their uh, work colleagues, of their neighbours that you are working on. Lord God, that you want them to share the gospel with, that you want them this week to invite them to Alpha that is coming. And Lord, we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to read this psalm over us again, just from a slightly different translation, but just keep your eyes closed maybe and just allow the beauty of the, the words to minister to you as you stay in that place of saying, God, I want to declare your glory among the nations. It says this, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His wondrous works among all peoples. For the Lord is great and highly He is feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendour and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. He judges the people fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and all that feels it resound. Let the fields and everything in them celebrate. Then all the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth, and he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his fairness, with his faithfulness. Let's just use this song as a response song to Jesus of surrendering our all to him that he can have our all he's worthy of our all he's worthy of every breath every every ounce of energy that you have your next breath in fact is in his hands your next heartbeat is because of his grace and we as his people are called to be declaring his glory to those around so as we sing this song as we surrender uh, to him Can I encourage you to be taking seriously, who should I be sharing the gospel with this week? Who should I be inviting to Alpha this Thursday? And as we sing this song, let's make that decision. Yep, Lord, I'm going to go and speak to this person. I'm going to go and speak to that person.